Chapter Twenty One of A Daughter of the Snows by Jack London. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Don W. Jenkins. Chapter Twenty One. Yes, what does it all mean? Corliss stretched lazily and cocked up his feet on the table. He was not especially interested, but Colonel Trethaway persisted in talking seriously. "'That's it, the very thing, the old and ever-young demand which man slaps into the face of the universe.' The colonel searched among the scraps in his notebook. "'See?' holding up a soiled slip of typed paper. "'I copied this out years ago. Listen. What a monstrous spectre is this man, this disease of the agglutinated dust.' lifting alternate feet or lying drugged with slumber killing feeding growing bringing forth small copies of himself grown up with hair like grass fitted with eyes that glitter in his face a thing to set children screaming poor soul here for so little cast among so many hardships filled with desires so incommensurate and so inconsistent savagely surrounded savagely descended irremediably condemned to prey upon his fellow-lives infinitely childish often admirably valiant often touchingly kind sitting down to debate of right or wrong and the attributes of the deity rising up to battle for an egg or die for an idea and all to what end he demanded hotly throwing down the paper this disease of the agglutinated dust Corliss yawned in reply. He had been on trail all day and was yearning for between blankets. "'Here am I, Colonel Trethaway, modestly along in years, fairly well preserved, a place in the community, a comfortable bank account, no need to ever exert myself again, yet enduring life bleakly and working ridiculously with a zest worthy of a man half my years. And to what end? I can only eat so much, smoke so much, sleep so much.' and this tail-dump of earth men call alaska is the worst of all possible places in the matter of grub tobacco and blankets but it is the living strenuously which holds you corliss interjected frona's philosophy the colonel sneered and my philosophy and yours and of the agglutinated dust which is quickened with a passion you do not take into account the passion of duty of race of god and the compensation trethaway demanded each breath you draw the mayfly lives an hour i don't see it blood and sweat blood and sweat you cried that after the rough and tumble in the opera house and every word of it was receipt in full frona's philosophy and yours and mine the colonel threw up his shoulders and after a pause confessed you see try as i will i can't make a pessimist out of myself we are all compensated, and I more fully than most men. What end, I asked, and the answer forth came, since the ultimate end is beyond us, then the immediate, more compensation here and now. Quite hedonistic. And rational, I shall look at it at once. I can buy grub and blankets for a score. I can eat and sleep for only one. Ergo, why not for two? Corliss took his feet down and sat up in other words i shall get married and give the community a shock communities like shocks that's one of their compensations for being agglutinative i can't think of but one woman corliss essayed tentatively putting out his hand 
Trethaway took it slowly. "'It is she.' Corliss let go, and misgiving shot into his face. "'But St. Vincent?' "'Is your problem, not mine.' "'Then Lucille?' "'Certainly not. She played a quixotic little game of her own, and botched it beautifully.' "'I—I I do not understand,' Corliss brushed his brows in a dazed sort of way. Trethaway parted his lips in a superior smile. "'It is not necessary that you should. The question is, will you stand up with me?' "'Surely. But what a confoundedly long way around you took. It is not your usual method.' "'Nor was it with her,' the colonel declared, twisting his moustache proudly. A captain of the Northwest Mounted Police, by virtue of his magisterial office, may perform marriages in time of stress as well as execute exemplary justice. So Captain Alexander received a call from Colonel Trethaway, and after he left, jotted down an engagement for the next morning. Then the impending groom went to see Frona. Lucille did not make the request, he hastened to explain, but, well, the fact was she did not know any women, and furthermore he, the colonel, knew whom lucile would like to ask did she dare so he did it upon his own responsibility and coming as a surprise he knew it would be a great joy to her frona was taken aback by the suddenness of it only the other day it was that lucile had made a plea to her for st vincent and now it was colonel trethaway true there had been a false quantity somewhere but now it seemed doubly false could it be after all that lucile was mercenary these thoughts crowded upon her swiftly, with the colonel anxiously watching her face the while. She knew she must answer quickly, yet was distracted by an involuntary admiration for his bravery, so she followed perforce the lead of her heart and consented. Yet the whole thing was rather strained when the four of them came together next day in Captain Alexander's private office. There was a gloomy chill about it. Lucille seemed ready to cry, and showed a repressed perturbation quite unexpected of her while, try as she would, Frona could not call upon her usual sympathy to drive away the coldness which obtruded intangibly between them. This, in turn, had a consequent effect on Vance, and gave a certain distance to his manner, which forced him out of touch even with the colonel. Colonel Trethaway seemed to have thrown twenty years off his erect shoulders, and the discrepancy in the match which Frona had felt vanished as she looked at him. "'He has lived the years well,' she thought and prompted mysteriously, almost with vague apprehension, she turned her eyes to Corliss. But if the groom had thrown off twenty years, Vance was not a whit behind. Since their last meeting he had sacrificed his brown moustache to the frost, and his smooth face, smitten with health and vigour, looked uncommonly boyish, and yet, withal, the naked upper lip advertised a stiffness and resolution hitherto concealed furthermore his features portrayed a growth and his eyes which had been softly firm were now firm with the added harshness or hardness which is bred of coping with things and coping quickly the stamp of executiveness which is pressed upon men who do and upon all men who do whether they drive dogs buck the sea or dictate the policies of empires when the simple ceremony was over frona kissed lucile but lucile felt that there was a subtle something wanting and her eyes filled with unshed tears Trethaway, who had felt the aloofness from the start, caught an opportunity with Frona while Captain Alexander and Corliss were being pleasant to Mrs. Trethaway. "'What's the matter, Frona?' the colonel demanded bluntly. "'I hope you did not come under protest. I am sorry not for you, because the lack of frankness deserves nothing. But for Lucille, it is not fair to her.' "'There has been a lack of frankness throughout,' 
her voice trembled i tried my best i thought i could do better but i cannot feign what i do not feel i am sorry but i i am disappointed no i cannot explain and to you least of all let's be above board frona st vincent's concerned she nodded and i can put my hand right on the spot first place he looked to the side and saw lucille stealing an anxious glance to him first place only the other day she gave you a song about st vincent second place and therefore you think her heart's not in this present proposition that she doesn't care a rap for me in short that she's marrying me for reinstatement and spoils isn't that it and isn't it enough oh i am disappointed colonel trethaway grievously in her in you in myself don't be a fool i like you too well to see you make yourself one the play's been too quick that is all your eye lost it listen we've kept it quiet but she's in with the elect on french hill her claims prospected the richest of the outfit present indication half a million at least in her own name no strings attached couldn't she take that and go anywhere in the world and reinstate herself and for that matter you might presume that i am marrying her for spoils frona she cares for me and in your ear she's too good for me my hope is that the future will make up but never mind that haven't got the time now you consider her affection sudden eh let me tell you we've been growing into each other from the time i came into the country and with our eyes open st vincent pshaw i knew it all the time she got it into her head that the whole of him wasn't worth a little finger of you and she tried to break things up you'll never know how she worked with him i told her she didn't know the wells and she said so too after so there it is take it or leave it well what do you think about st vincent what i think is neither here nor there but i'll tell you honestly that i back her judgment but that's not the point what are you going to do about it about her now she did not answer but went back to the waiting group lucile saw her coming and watched her face he's been telling you that i am a fool frona answered and i think i am and with a smile i take it on faith that i am anyway i-i can't reason it out just now but captain alexander discovered a prenuptial joke just about then and led the way over to the stove to crack it upon the colonel and vance went along to see fair play that's the first time lucile was saying and it means more to me so much more more than to most women i am afraid it is a terrible thing for me to do but i do love him i do and when the joke had been duly digested and they came back she was sobbing dear dear frona it was just the moment better than he could have chosen and capped and mittened without knocking jacob wells came in the uninvited guest was his greeting is it all over so and he swallowed lucile up in his huge bearskin colonel your hand and your pardon for my intruding and your regrets for not giving me the word come out with them hello corliss captain alexander a good day what have i done frona wailed received the bear hug and managed to press his hand till it almost hurt had to back the game he whispered and this time his hand did hurt now colonel i don't know what your plans are and i don't care call them off i've got a little spread down to the house and the only honest case of champagne this side of circle of course you're coming corliss and his eye roved past captain alexander with hardly a pause of course came the answer like a flash though the chief magistrate of the northwest had time to canvass the possible results of such unofficial action got a hack 
jacob wells laughed and held up a moccasined foot walking be chucked the captain started impulsively towards the door i'll have the sleds up before you're ready three of them and bells galore so trethaway's forecast was correct and dawson vindicated its agglutinativeness by rubbing its eyes when three sleds with three scarlet tuniced policemen swinging the whips tore down its main street and it rubbed its eyes again when it saw the occupants thereof we shall live quietly lucile told frona the klondike is not all the world and the best is yet to come but jacob wells said otherwise we've got to make this thing go he said to captain alexander and captain alexander said that he was unaccustomed to backing out mrs scoville emitted preliminary thunders marshalled the other women and became chronically seismic and unsafe lucile went nowhere save to frona's but jacob wells who rarely went anywhere was often to be found by colonel trethaway's fireside and not only was he to be found there but he usually brought somebody along anything on hand this evening he was wont to say on casual meeting no then come along with me sometimes he said it with lamb-like innocence sometimes with a challenge brooding under his bushy brows and rarely did he fail to get his man these men had wives and thus were the germs of dissolution sown in the ranks of the opposition then again at colonel trethaway's there was something to be found besides weak tea and small talk and the correspondents engineers and gentlemen rovers kept the trail well packed in that direction though it was the king's to a man who first broke the way so the trethaway cabin became the centre of things and backed commercially financially and officially it could not fail to succeed socially the only bad effect of all this was to make the lives of mrs scoville and diverse others of her sex more monotonous and to cause them to lose faith in certain hoary and inconsequent maxims furthermore captain alexander as highest official was a power in the land and jacob wells was the company and there was a superstition extant concerning the unwisdom of being on indifferent terms with the company and the time was not long till probably a bare half-dozen remained in outer cold and they were considered a warped lot anyway end of chapter twenty one read by don w jenkins rancho san diego california shaggybark.blogspot.com